Hey, and welcome to episode 26 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. Pull up a chair each week and join me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, as we discuss the hot topics from the last few days. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Oh, and you can also drop us an email with your questions at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Hey, Ollie. Hey, what's up, Clark? How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Had a pretty chill week. Um, the sun is out, finally. It's a nice day outside. It's lovely. Blinding me. Yeah. And uh, we, have, um, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. We have our first guest of season two. We uh, have uh, Charlie. Hey, Charlie, how are you doing? Hello. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> season two. Season two. Exciting. Season two. This is it. Um, so, yeah, Charlie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? What you do? How we know you? Etc. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. We all used to work together for the same company, and I am a senior animator mm. in the games industry currently. Yeah. And yeah, we uh, hang out, play games, and stuff. So yeah, Charlie is one of the people that I normally hang out and play games with. One of the people that uh, a few weeks back I talked about um, Gregory Horror Show. Uh, Charlie is the <laughs> the one who introduced me to Gregory Horror Show. So, uh, yeah. What a trip that was. Yes. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, I keep peeking into that and having a look at it on YouTube, and that is something that I probably could not get my head around. That looks like a game yes. and a half. Now, imagine playing it as, like, a 12-year-old, which was what I did for some reason. <laughs> that would be quite formative. I'm, I'm not sure I could go. I mean, I, I did play things like... Um, God, there's a game that looks very similar to it, and it's about a little girl with a scarf that's got, like, a claw on the end of it, and I think it was called Freaks or Freak Out. And it's about the closest thing I can... It was also on PS2. Um, but, like, I, I, I did kind of try out a lot of the weirder games on PS2, like Zone of the Enders and that kind of thing as well. But Gregory Horror Show went straight past me, so... Yeah. I was more into Persona 4 and that kind of thing. Mm. Which Ollie's never played. Ollie doesn't No, I, I, I wouldn't know anything about Persona. No, no, no. Not at all. It's not as if I've talked about it several times wow. on the podcast and said that it's one of my favourite <laughs> games of all time. No, 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 no. Not at all. No, no. But, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So for this week, uh, the agendas we've we've got set up is obviously we're going to talk about what we've been playing, what we've been watching. Uh, we're going to talk about Kickstarter scams because uh, Clark's found one recently mm. that's been very interesting. Um, we're talking about we can discuss. We've got the agenda point here is disgusting remasters and remakes remastered edition because I think we talked about it on, a, on an <laughs> earlier podcast, but we can we can remaster that discussion topic. So, uh, And then we've got Microsoft buying Discord, and then we've got some trivia questions to end off with if we've got some time. So, I will open the floor. What's everybody been uh, playing and watching? Clark, when you when t- let us know. So, literally just before the podcast, uh, my Monster Hunter Rise arrived. So I played that for about five minutes, maybe ten minutes. Of which was spent building the, the my character, so I've been playing that. Um, look, re- I actually played the demo throughout the week, which is what caused me to buy it. Loved it. Really happy that it's gone back to like the the DS and 3DS kind of roots, rather than what Monster Hunter World was, which was great, but very different style of mm. game. Uh, been I'm playing my emulator still, so I've just finished Pokemon Ultra Sun, um, which gets very dark near the end of it, and I wasn't ready for that, so that was kind of cool. Um, otherwise, a lot of Stardew Valley uh, with some friends, and we're now in year two of Stardew Valley, and we're just starting to automate the farm now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I know you've played it, Ollie. Uh, Charlie, have you played Stardew Valley? I have back in the day, but is this the co-op version? Yeah. How are you finding it? I, I So I really didn't like it when I first started playing it, like when it first came out, and for some reason it's now like the most charming 
wonderful experience. I think lockdown really helps because it's another one of those like daily task, like repetitive things mm. that you can just kind of lose yourself in. Um, really been enjoying it though, like loving it. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that. Um, what else have I been playing this week? Oh, I did. I watched the first episode of a new TV show on Netflix, and it's called. It's it's got a title, but I can't remember the name of it. And it's about a load of kids who are solving crimes alongside Sherlock Holmes. Oh, does this ring a bell? No, I, I need to look at that. So, so <laughs> if we go on to so Charlie, if you tell me what you've been playing and, and watching this week, I'm going to go and have a look at what this was called because I need to go and Google this. But uh, what have you been playing and watching this week, Charlie? Oh gosh, the last thing I played is probably beating Lolly at Tekken. Good to hear. I like that. <sighs> well, I mean, I, I would like um... to dispute that, but um, no, go on, Charlie. No, 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 no that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. We we have video evidence, Lolly, <laughs> of the epic wins of Harang. Mm-hmm. Oh, because the new character came out. The um, the Prime Minister of Poland. Yeah, Lid- Lydia. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, I've been. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about her on, on my bit. But yeah, Charlie, what what, what else have been a? Uh, guess after? guess we need a rematch, Charlie. Yeah, we're gonna need a rematch. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, have you been watching anything? Like, uh, I know you watch a lot of K dramas and stuff. So, been... oh gosh, don't out me. <laughs> K dramas? Is it what Korean dramas? Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, an ex of mine used to watch quite a lot of those, and not for me, but I can understand why they're great. <laughs> it it depends because there's all different types of genres. Oh, so I, the I am, I am slowly integrating Ollie into these with different recommendations. At the moment, hear. I'm <laughs> I'm watching one where the <laughs> this comic character, like a like a web comic character comes into the real world and he is now after his creator sick storyline very much like cool world then uh, that's a movie that probably no one's ever heard of it's from the 80s i was gonna say very similar storyline but hollywood yeah i was gonna say that sounds like mm. the most generic movie to do. what is it called it's, good. it's called cool world. It, it had kim basinger in it and it was a cartoon character that was created by a dude and she wanted to come out of the cartoon world into the real world to so the tagline was Hollywood if she could and she might. <laughs> and the whole way of getting the whole way of getting out of the cartoon world is that you have to have a relation of of the carnal nature with your creator. Of the When you do that you become real. Yeah, so that's why the tagline is Hollywood if she wow. could and she might. Wow. Okay. Um, there there is also to link it back to video games. There is also the Doodle Date game. Doodle Date. Where... <laughs> Where you essentially get sucked into your notebook and you get to draw your date and how things go. But you also have a kind of avatar who is helping you along the way. But I think she also falls in love with you and then it gets a bit dramatic. Yeah, I think I've I think I saw Game Grumps play that at some point. It was a long time ago. But yeah. Like... I've never seen this. I'm looking at it now on Google. I've never seen this at all, but this looks it, this looks very much like a game that would be fun to watch someone play on stream. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Doodle Have you been playing that as well then, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. No. All right. Yeah. So, I was uh, part oh, of sorry, the... Sorry, so I was... <laughs> As I say, I was part of the Everhood crew with Ollie oh, yeah. last week. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, to, to go on to what... So, we finished Everhood... Uh... 
this week at some point. And yeah, it was good. Um, the ending, the ending songs were really good. Also, really interesting take on the um whole thing of well, you know how there's all these games that are sort of like Undertale sort of uh likes, I guess now. Um, but you know how they have the different types of endings and the different types of things that happened in those endings to be extremely vague and not give anything away. But it was an interesting take on one of those, um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I thought the game the game had pretty good music and um, the mechanics were pretty solid um, and the characters were charming, not as gripping as like the actual Undert- like you know Undertale characters and stuff like that. But it was fun, it's fun to play through. Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, sorry, gone. Is this a way that I can quickly segue into music? Because I have a bone to pick with both of you <laughs> about last week's podcast. Oh no. Is this about my music knowledge? Because we might end up having a fight. <laughs> very, very professional fight, but still a fight. Go on, go ahead. Pick pick the bone. So Sonic was not mentioned, which I was very sad about. How Which can... Sonic though? Which Sonic? The city escape. <laughs> Rolling around at the speed of sound. Yes, okay. It's it's a classic. It's such a it's such a great piece of music, but it's not my all time favorite piece of music. But it, I will definitely give you that. Like me and my brother, always talking about that piece of music. That and Pumpkin Hill. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. All the knuckles. I don't know that all the one. knuckles wraps. Oh, was, that is that is the knuckles wrap from Pumpkin yeah. Hill. It's the same game. Sonic Adventure two. Yeah. two. Um. Yeah. Pumpkin Hill. Mm. Knuckles was... Raps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knuckles Raps. He talks about how, wow. um, let's take a ride in Aquatic Mine, where it used to be a water park, is now a water <laughs> ride. Yeah. That's so bad. Wow. It's so, it's so like, 90s rad. Yeah. Um, good call on Sonic Adventure, mm. though. I need, okay. to, I need to add that to my repertoire. Yeah. The Knuckles Raps. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you could also argue that the Chow Garden theme is, is probably one of the best pieces of music ever made. Mm. That plinky-plonky piece of music that just plays while you're making devil or angel channels yeah, like so i mean it goes it's also you can see like what the good video game music is because i've noticed now that like youtubers nowadays like their background music is always just like things from like old like yeah, video yeah. games right so like <laughs> yeah like sonic like i've heard the chow garden music in like several youtubers they're not even like it's not even talking about sonic or not even playing video games i might just be chatting and it's just got the chow garden music in the background it's like because it's so chill but yeah so, Charlie, question for you then on, on Sonic Adventure. Did you play it on the Dreamcast, on the GameCube, on the PS2, on the PS3, or the PS4? What did you play it on? Or was it I an emulator? Actually, I just know. Oh, she's fronting. Okay, she's fronting. <laughs> but my actual my actual favorite Sonic music, which is a game I did play, oh, other, other than Sonic Heroes, which also has a great tune. Sonic Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Starlight Zone from the original Sonic? Yes. Oh, good call out. Okay. Very, very good. Yes. Very, very good piece of music. I, I can hear it in my head now. It's like sort of like elevator music, but like a mm. kind of a bossa nova. Yeah. Okay. Good call out. I'm always really wary about my my uh, music knowledge in video games because I'm, I'm you know I'm obviously an older gamer. And sometimes I talk about music from games and people are like, I've never heard of that game. And I'm like, oh, the music's so good. And they've never heard the music. But then like yourself, uh, you may not have played some of the games, but you still know the music from them. So that's super cool. Right? Mm-hmm. But I have that as well. Like, There's loads of music tracks that I know, but I've nev- never played the game. Like um, the Suikoden series, for example. Never played those games, but I love the music from mm-hmm. them. 
So yeah. Do you guys ever have that thing, not with music, but with like sound effects, when you hear like sound effects that you've heard in like older video games, and then they're now being reused because they're now like royalty free and like random stuff. Yep. Yep. Like the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Yep. There's like. So do you, do you know about the Wilhelm scream? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that pops up all the time. I love it when you hear that thing. Like we used to have a drinking game uh, where we'd go through like um, trailers on Netflix and see if you could hear the Wilhelm screen. Bad idea because it's in everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally in everything. Mm-hmm. It was like I rewatched um, Iron Man one the other day just because, and then like the there's like the scene where like the HUD of like Iron Man's suit is starting up, and it was just like. All the sound effects from like were like from like Perfect Dark, Jet Force Gemini. Like it was crazy. I was just like, why do I know all of these sound effects? <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, it's like oh, that's a really good point because there's a game that's just been launched or is in the process of launching called Balam Wonderworld. I've seen the name. I have no idea what it is though. It's terrible. Okay. So it is absolutely just a marketing uh, push. Like there's nothing else to this game. It's really badly made. It's by the people that made. Um, so oh, it's, it's Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, game. it's a Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same team that apparently made Sega Knights, or the evolution of the team that made Sega Knights, yeah. uh, which is, by the way, a fantastic game with an amazing soundtrack. Mm. Um, and Balan Wonderworld is is like, it, it just reuses all of the sounds and music riffs and bits from, from Sega Knights, but really badly. So you'd be like, I played a little bit of the demo, and I was like, why do I recognize this one? Oh, because it's Sega Knights. And then you collect an item, and it's the collect item noise from Sega Knights as well. It's just so badly put together. It's such a shame because it could have been a really great game. Mm. But sorry, I'm going off on one here. No, it's fine. I, I do get kind of lost in, in video game music. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then just to finish off what I've been playing, um, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we just got on time. I mean, it's fine. Um, also, we've been playing, well, like, I mean, my usual League of Legends Tekken. But then, like, also played this game called um, The Witch's House. Which is like a remake. It was like a remaster of like an old RPG maker horror game at the suggestion of one of our other friends, um, and played through that. And it was like two or three hours, but yeah, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, I am not very good with horror games at all, uh, and I got jump scared a couple of times and woke up my housemate. So yeah, that was great. Uh, good fun. But yeah. Um, cool. I guess we can we can go into the the agenda topics then. For, for this week. So, starting off with Kickstarter scams. So, Clark, what's this? Uh, you linked me this game you found on Kickstarter called uh, Dream World? Or something? So, right. One of the ways, if you work in the games industry, one of the ways to make you feel really good about what you're working on is to go through Kickstarter and look at the really bad things that people want to do. Because a lot of them are like, it's people genuinely that have these dreams and they really want to push some content out there and really want to make an amazing business. But the idea is so ridiculous. You look at it and just think, you have got no idea what you're doing. So this is the opposite end of that scale, is this guy has no idea what he's doing, but he's trying to scam. It's very clearly a scam. So it's a game called Dreamworld, and it's a complete asset flip from using the the Unreal uh, Engine uh, store asset. So all of them are the assets taken out of the store. And he wants to make an open-world MMO that is completely created by players with millions of users, um, uh, with like all these different elements that like don't even exist in things like World of Warcraft because it's just not possible. Like it's too big and it's a two-man team working on this game. One person is the guy that's only got experience in marketing and used to be a waiter and now he wants to make this MMO. And the other person is a guy that apparently worked for Google and his selling point is that he's responsible for sending the internet to third-world countries via giant drones. Probably exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So it's it's all nonsense. And what I, so the more you look into it, he's released this video where he starts crying halfway through the video 
tells you how his fiance left him while he was working as a wait waiter, and then during that time uh, he came up with the idea for this game. It's it's ridiculous, and then he goes about how to get access to it. And the way you get access is as follows, and this is where the scam comes in. So you have to get two friends to pay thirty dollars each to get into the early alpha. But for you to get the early alpha to activate, those two friends have to get at least one more friend each, which both also have to spend thirty dollars. What is that? Yeah, that's pretty. Wow. Yeah, that it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a fair share of like, yeah, like shady stuff on Kickstarter that I've seen, like, and there's always been stories, like, there was, I completely forgot the name of the game, but there was another game where, which got funded, like, loads of money, like, six million, and then the creators just ran. They didn't actually create the oh. game. I forgot what it was called. The, the, it was another asset flip as well, and it was very yeah. famous. And I know, exactly, I can't remember what it was called now. Uh, but, so, this goes further. He's now selling chunks of the game as NFTs. Oh, God. So, you have to spend NFTs on the game. Like, you have to effectively... Create NFTs to buy chunks of the game and then sell them, mm. which which it goes even further. There's then elements of like Ponzi schemes in it, and so it's crazy. Um, I don't know, Charlie. Like, have you ever backed a Kickstarter? Like, have you ever been involved I... in Kickstarter or ran one? No. Yes. I did. I did run one a long time ago. You just probably find out that you were like the creator of Square Enix or something like that, <laughs> and that's how you got started. <laughs> I had a very this 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 is like my confession now okay. i had a very small kickstarter based on art and it it succeeded because okay. if you earned the amount you wished which for me it was a small amount at the time it was many years ago and 12 million okay cool right. <laughs> <laughs> um but i find I don't want to say anything negative sounding, but I I find at the time, again, this was years ago, Kickstarters kind of help contact stuff to be difficult because I essentially couldn't finish some of the orders and there were certain like addresses and things that weren't correct or emails that weren't correct that I literally could not get hold of the people to contact them about what they wanted. And so I contacted Kickstarter and was like, there's literally no way for me to contact these people. Can you at least refund them or something? And they were just like, no. And Ooh. <laughs> oh, geez. they, again, this was years ago, so maybe it is different now. But for me, it was really difficult because I literally wanted to give these good people their money back and was unable to. So I do wonder in some of these things, I know obviously there are some scams out there, but I do wonder if some people also have difficulty where they're like, I do want to refund you because you believed in this product, but it didn't go through, but they are just unable to. That's a very fair way of looking at it. And I, I do genuinely think like what what is a platform for scamming is also a platform for amazing creativity. Uh, obviously, you've got things like Patreon that have kind of become the the art platform now, um, which I think kind of burgeoned out of like Tumblr and and those kind of things. So Tumblr kind of moved towards Patreon. I know Tumblr still exists, but I think people used to no, not Tumblr. Uh, Deviant Art is the one I'm thinking. Ah, uh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So I think people initially worked there and then moved over to uh, Patreon. 
Um, but like I, I've genuinely seen Kickstarters where you can see that the people believe in what they're mm. doing, but they just don't know what they're doing, or they don't know enough about how to handle this, or the team is too small or something, and they get inundated with like hundreds of thousands of millions. And it's not possible to sit there and answer every single one of them because you'd be doing that for the rest of your life if you had yeah. to. But I mean, good on you for trying to recover the money because you don't hear that story very often. Usually, it's just oh yeah, well I just took it and went. <laughs> and you think, well, <laughs> all right, okay. But it sounds like you did try to to make amends there, which is really good. Uh, but also good yes, on you for trying a Kickstarter. It's that must be terrifying. Gosh, it was terrifying. Um, but yes, this is no this is no bad thing on Kickstarter, and this Not was just my experience of it. So, well, it, it's a it great is interesting. It really is, and there are so many good games that have come from it, and it's so interesting to see these people. Again, Ollie, you and I have spoken at length about Undertale yeah. and Toby Fox, and how it was like one person's vision. And they just like had that chance to make something and therefore now there's this massive fandom for this one thing. So it's really interesting that you're giving people the opportunity to be able to do more things like that. Yeah, definitely. Like I think crowdfunding is like, yeah, when a tool when it's a tool used for something, yeah, like in the case of Undertale or other like plenty of darling indie games which are found like funded, yeah, purely from like Kickstarter and stuff like that. I think it's great. Like when Kickstarter works you know, I remember the Skullgirls um, DLC, some of that was like crowdfunded, which was really cool, and also showed how expensive making some things in video games could be, which I thought was really cool. Yep. Um, like, to highlight to like the community, right, to raise awareness of like, hey man, games don't grow on trees, like, they are expensive to make. Um, but yeah. yeah, like, it is a shame that there are sometimes, yeah, like, uh, well, okay, so, you know, like, I think that there are the people who are, like, well-intentioned, and they know and they're, like, you know, they want to make their game, and like you said, Clark, like, they they have a dream, and, like, I don't know about, I mean, in this dream world case, like, the whole thing about selling your game as NFTs, and the thing about, you know, the whole, like, pyra like pyramid scheme kind of thing, where, like, you have to get two other friends to buy the game to get into the alpha, and then they have to buy two other th friends, it's like, you know, that's, like, awful, like, don't... don't... I mean, in... in... In this case, it, the whole thing is obviously a scam. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's easily a scam. You know it's a scam. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, the, the, sorry, Charlie, go ahead. Can I? <laughs> sorry, I put my hand up like school. There. <laughs> it's just where actually I'm the person running the Dream World Kickstarter. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I just want to ask, because I haven't seen the site. It's, are people actually backing it? Uh, let's go. It has, a, it has some backers, but I'm also suspicious that what he might have is a ton of dummy accounts and he's putting the money through those accounts himself. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe for a second that people would be gullible enough to... But then again, where there's a scam, there's usually a reason for that scam to exist. Yeah, so, like, so people might believe so it. So like, as of right now, the pledge goal that they wanted was £7,257. I guess it's because it's converting it from dollars. It yeah, it. and then like so, and they've re and they've gone over the goal, and they've raised forty six thousand um, pounds. Yeah. However, like you said, like it is a bit suspect. Like so, like there's like some of these things which is like, oh, uh, if you pledge two thousand US dollars, you can become the Dream Arc, and like there's yeah. like a limited, it's a limited reward, wow. and it's like you know, like apparently one person has bought it, but I, like. I don't know who was. It's spend really suspicious, isn't it? Like two thousand dollars, and also like 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 you said, like was it forty grand they've got so far? Yeah, forty six grand. Yeah, that to me seems just what? enough as like a personal investment. Yeah, like that's like someone's life savings. Throw that in there, make it look. Cause they'll get that money back. 
all they have to do is pass the Kickstarter barrier. And I think Kickstarter takes, what, 20%? Is it 20%? 30%? Mm. Yeah. They do take a chunk. So that, to me, is just them putting their investment in to try and risk tripling that investment. And I don't know. If, if anyone is listening, please do not put any money into that Kickstarter. Visit the website and have a look, but don't put any money into it. It is absolutely a scam. Yeah. <laughs> like, guaranteed a scam. I've, I've seen enough of them throughout my years in, in the games industry uh, like to, to, to see when they stand out. And this guy is not good at hiding it. Yeah, <laughs> it seems pretty suspect to me. But also that, like, I mean, you'd, you'd hope that people don't fall for these kinds of things, you know? Like, they don't see the, they see these games, and I guess, well, I don't know, I guess because we're developers, we have, like, a, or we've worked in the games industry, like, we have a pretty decent eye of, like, looking at something and being like, oh, that's just, like, assets from the asset store for free, or something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, or, like, you know, you can kind of tell when it's, like, you know, like a indie, not indie, but, you know, like, you know, it's like a, a smaller team working on a project that's, like, maybe too big for the scope, but I guess maybe other people yeah, I guess people don't really recognize that, right? And they might get fooled, which is a shame. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, like, like, not, like, so, sorry, Charlie, go ahead. Not that I expect either of you to be experts in Kickstarter law or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do people have protection against this kind of thing? Like, imagine if I was like, I put a thousand pounds on Dream being a Dream arc if it goes bust. Not I don't think the so. only limitation is that the Kickstarter has to get funded, has to reach the funding goal. That's it. Once it does that, the money is sucked out of your account. You have no choice. I, I think it's because it. I don't know. I forget. I think there's some kind of like legally it counts as like a donation rather than like a like investment or something like that. So then like yep. yeah, you can't get the money back. Don't take my word on that. I'm not actually hundred percent mm. sure. I'm I've never run a Kickstarter there... or anything like that, but. So... There are ways to undo your donation. I'm not going to talk about them on the on the cast, but there are ways to undo the donation. Um, not worth going into, but if you do end up being part of a scam, like you get scammed on Kickstarter, look it up very quickly on how to reverse your donation because it is possible to do, but you can only do it once. Mm. Uh, you can only do it once okay. per bank account as well. Oh, wow. Uh, um, yeah, because it's pretty serious stuff that you have to get involved in there. Um, but yeah, like it, it does suck to see that people are kind of taking this, like, I mean, the games industry and, and gaming in general, and taking like advantage of people through it because it's it sucks. Mm. Like, we all are playing video games, and it sucks to see people are getting harmed in that way. But um, I guess if you want to, we can move on to the next topic. Yeah. And I've actually lost my, uh, I've lost my. <laughs> I've got, I've got a hit. <laughs> what was it, was it remasters, remakes, the yes. Remasters edition, so we can talk it? about like <laughs> basically. How we're now seeing, like, I guess now that the PS5 is out as well, and like the new consoles are kind of out, we can talk about like remasters and remakes and all these other things, and how there doesn't seem to be, well, as in like, yeah, it seems to be a more popular thing now, right? Of like, yeah, like remastering these old games, like a remaster I've been playing recently. Um, my friends, I then, then again, I never played the original, but I've been playing uh, Age of Empires 2, so I've been playing like the remastered edition on Steam. Um, which has been pretty fun, actually, surprisingly, to like learn to play a really old school RTS game and like relearn it with friends. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, what do you guys think about like how they're just kind of like keep remaking older games instead of like releasing new ones? And then like the other thing is that like when they seems like there seems to be like a, a kind of trend that where it's like you know like oh they announce a new game, they're releasing a new game, but it doesn't perform as well as like the old game. If you know what I mean? Like, or like, you know, where they try to re reboot a franchise versus remastering it, right? Yeah. Mm. Right. I have one thing to say to you, Ollie. What? what do you have to say to me? 
May 14th. May 14th. Mass Effect. Oh. <laughs> the oh. Mass Effect remaster. The Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Yes. We're getting a big, big treat that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so hyped. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. So you're you're big into Mass Effect, Charlie? Is that that's right? You you love you love Mass yes. Effect. Yes. Mass Effect Two is my favorite game of all time. Mm. So we we were talking about this a few weeks ago, and I'm still on the final mission of Mass Effect Two. I've played all the way through one, <gasps> all the way through two, and about three years ago, I stopped at, at the end of the, at the end of the game. The, the mission is called Suicide Mission, so I can kind of guess what yeah. happens. Um, How did I just you never, stop I never finished there? It. I don't know. Like, like, I think every other game on the planet came out at the time. So it might have been something like The Witcher Three came out, and I ended up just playing that for five minutes, and then suddenly it was six weeks later, and I was still playing it. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, you've been through, I guess, all one through one, two, and three. Yes, and Andromeda. And what do you think of Andromeda? <laughs> I have multiple feelings about Andromeda. Is it um... as bad as people say it is? No. Okay. It's it is a fine... That's really harsh, actually. It is a good game. <laughs> it's your opinion, Charlie. You can, you can say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> my opinions are my own, and that of no one else. Very important, so... <laughs> I played it... It's, it's also worth noting that I played it, like, last year for the oh, first time. So, so after all the patches and corrections and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I was not... As much as I enjoyed the YouTube videos of everything that went wrong oh, yeah. <laughs> especially as an animator i found it particularly hilarious so it it was a, it ran fine it still had a few glitches the story to me was not as compelling as shepherd and their trilogy and i don't know for me a lot of it was down to you were kind of just given your crew right from the start whereas in the original Mass Effect, you kind of build up your crew over time and you have to collect everyone. It's a little bit like Ocean's Eleven kind of thing, which I really sort of enjoy. Like coming together and like, oh, hey, we're going to go and fight some stuff yeah. in space. Woo! Like, yeah. Maybe yeah, and there was, there was also that really big looming threat, which I did not feel with Andromeda. And also, there was a lot of padding missions, which I found really difficult. You had to go to one planet, talk to a person who would give you a mission where you had to fly to a different planet, collect 10 plants, and then fly to another planet, give those plants to someone else, and then go back to the original planet and tell them you did it. So it all felt kind of just extra, and I would have preferred a shorter game. I, I can I love the Mass Effect universe that so I did all these missions mm. <laughs> that were not needed for the story, but I would have preferred they cut those extra missions out, had a shorter game, and spent more time on a good linear story because I think it just went too far in trying to make everything expansive. Just so many planets that so just it, didn't add to the experience. It came out in a time when a lot of the 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 AAA. Uh, companies were trying to make these big open world games because they were obviously starting to be really successful and people think uh, like things like Assassin's Creed and um, what else was open world at the time? GTA, GTA 5 obviously was a smash hit and that was coming out on mm. multiple different generations. Yeah. And I think every company was just of the understanding that people want massive open worlds filled with icons. Not true. And they're now starting to learn that that's not the case. People don't want to just wander around in a world that's boring, which is why I think Breath of the Wild took that formula and completely flipped it on its yeah. head. So Breath of the Wild gave you this big open world that felt really sparse and really 
really boring, but you never really had the chance to get bored in it because there was always something just over the horizon coming up. And it, it encouraged mm. you to go out and just mess around and actually ignore the story. I think there was a statistic released recently where it was like 70 or 80% of people that bought Breath of the Wild haven't actually beat Ganon. Yeah. And you can beat Ganon in the first two hours wow. of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it's that, that's but these are people that have got like 100, 200, 300 hours. In, I mean, I've got hundreds of hours in the game because I got obsessed yeah. with it. I've also got the motorbike and the the Triforce, not the Triforce, the Master Sword and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and to me, that is like a really good example of how you can go completely the opposite way compared to what you were saying about Mass Effect uh, Andromeda, mm-hmm. which is where they've gone completely wrong with it and just filled a world with fetch quests and like fluff and filler. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I mean, I'm super hyped for the Mass Effect series um, remake yeah. as well. Uh, I actually get to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to learn all about something... the surprise ending. I don't know, how, don't know what happens, but I actually... Something will come up. You'll get to the suicide mission again, and something else will come yeah. up. Oh, no. The Witcher remaster will come out. The Witcher remaster will come out that day. But speaking of remasters, they announced another one recently that I am really excited for. And we, th- we were talking about this last week, and that's the Life is Strange remaster. Mm. But this brings up this brings up a really good point um, in that I do think it's getting a bit silly with how many remasters are coming out now because that game is what five years old. Yeah, it's not that old. It's not ready for a remaster yet, and I've seen footage of the remaster now, and it, it's just all right. It looks a bit shiny and a bit cleaner, mm. but it's not like they're going from four three to widescreen. They're just going from like nice looking visuals to a little bit nicer looking visuals. Yeah, and that's it really. Um, mm. So I am excited about it, and I definitely have been suckered in because Life is Strange 3 looks incredible. Mm. Can't wait for that. Um, but I do think they're do- overdoing it a little bit. But then at the other end of that spectrum, you've got the Resident Evil 2 remaster, which... Have, have you played it? Have I've you, watched it? Like, loads of footage of it, and yeah, it's like great. I think I think the re- the what they've done with the remasters of Resident Evil like 1, 2, and I think 3 was okay. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. 2, two was uh, yeah, incredible. Probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. The two two is probably the best remaster I think I can give an example mm. of, um, and that that's going across all games that have been remastered, including the Final Fantasy VII remake, which was a complete remake. I think it was brilliant, but I don't think that's a remaster. That's a remake. Yeah. In fact, it's not a remaster. It is a remake. Um, I was but... going to ask, what is to you? What is the difference between a remaster and a remake? Because if I remember what Resident Evil Two is, it is a lot different, yeah. right? So. Resident Evil 2 sits in the middle of being a remaster and a remake to me because they've taken the original um, police station, the storyline, the objectives and stuff, and they've just kind of spruced them up. But I, I would push it more towards being a remake than a remaster because uh, functionally it functions different. Like the gameplay is different, the mechanics are different. They've changed that. Whereas a remaster is taking the original game that may be like in 4.3, for example, or in 30 FPS or low res, and then upscaling it, making it look beautiful, but everything stays the yeah. same. But like story progression, timing, everything stays the same. Yeah. Um, which is why it's going to be interesting when they remaster Bloodborne, for example. Mm. Because I don't know if you've seen recently, but someone managed to patch Bloodborne to go from 30 FPS to 60 FPS by reducing the texture uh, caching or something. Yeah. So it looks a bit crappy, but it runs super smooth. Yeah. And that'll be a game where I don't know what to call it because changing that game from 30 FPS to 60 FPS completely changes the way that you play mm-hmm. it yeah i so i don't i don't know where that would fall i think i mean i think interesting i think i'd still put that as a 
remaster because like you know obviously it's just like you know redoing the game with like a higher as in like well it would be the same game just at a higher frame rate but obviously like you said it would be such a different experience like you can do the same yeah. I, I know that modders have done the same thing with like breath of the wild for example where like they because the game runs at 30 fps on like switch sometimes it dips lower it's at one fps yeah, on sometimes, the switch, some, sometimes it runs at one fps on the switch <laughs> um but you know like they've they've modded it so like you know you can play at like 4k 60 fps on an emulator for example which is amazing um but yeah like um i think to me when it comes to remasters if the remaster is an excuse in quotation marks to release the game on a new platform then it makes sense right for me with the life like you described the life of strange remaster right it's a bit strange to me because like you can play life is strange on pc right now life is strange. yeah life is strange <laughs> you know it is it is rather strange to me um <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, because now you're gonna have like yeah, like Life is Strange, and then you also have the remastered edition on Steam. I know there's, I know this problem already exists on Steam, where there's like two versions of a game, like the old version and then the, like, the remastered edition. Um, but yeah, to me that's always a bit strange. Like if you can, if it hasn't been that long as well. Like I keep saying the word strange, but yeah, if it hasn't been that long, then yeah, it's a little bit uh, peculiar. Yeah. Life is peculiar. There you go. My, uh, uh, okay, please kickstart my game. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and get two friends to pay £30 each to play Two it, friends yeah? right here. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, <laughs> we're in, we're in. Um, okay, so this is a question that goes to both of you. Uh, what would you say is the ultimate remaster ever like, ever made? And obviously, you can't include things that haven't come out yet, so unfortunately, Mass Effect doesn't count. Oh, it's no. not out. I know, I know. I need to know the ultimate remaster or remake. Trying to think of ones that I've played um, that like memorable. It's a hard thought, isn't it? Because I can't think of many. I ha- I have a question on, regarding then. the Bloodborne one because I don't know much about it. But do you think for something because we said that Life is Strange is a new game to have remastered? Do you think then it's worth remastering kind of new games, but also? just to up the specs so it plays differently rather than focusing on visuals because to me a big part of remasters is focusing on the visuals yeah Yeah, i I think if the game offers something new then it's worth redoing so if it's offering you something new whether it's like uh i'm not talking about like a new cutscene or a new story but more of like um feature or function wise it gives you something impactful that feels different Mm. then it's worth remastering and remaking if mm-hmm. if it's just the same game that looks a bit prettier and you're not really going to take anything new from it, I don't see the point. Because there is still a charm in playing those old games. Like, for example, whenever I go back and play Chrono Trigger and never finish it, I like <laughs> playing it in the style of like it on being on the SNES. Because yeah. it's a beautiful game, it looks gorgeous. But like I'm doing with the 3DS emulator at the moment, like I own all these games, so I'm technically not doing anything wrong, but I am still using an emulator, so whatever. The lawyers are on, go to hell, I don't care. Um... I'm playing these games in like 4K and 2K. So um, I'm playing Pokemon Ultra Sun. And when you play it at 360 or 320p, it does look really grainy and look awful. But when you put it up to 2 and 4K and put it on the TV behind me, it looks like a Switch game. Mm. And that to me is delivering something very new. Mm. So when a remaster does that, which is not too difficult to do, I think that's when it's valid. It's, It's when they just sort of do like a cash grab and just say, oh, we've remastered this game. And it's like, well... No, you haven't. Mm. Like they, they, Nintendo are doing it a lot with um, uh, their Nintendo Online stuff. Yeah, they're just relaunching the old NES games, and they don't really—they haven't aged very well. 
So people are playing them and playing them for like 30 seconds and being like, well, these are shit. Um, so, which I think is fair. But if you're going to remaster them, don't do what Nintendo are doing, which is what they're doing with Mario All-Stars, where they just took ROMs of the old games and put them in like widescreen, but they're not very good ROMs to begin with. Like, There's actually stuff removed from the original games, which I don't think is very good. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Uh, but I could watch one for hours about remasters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird one to do. Like, if you're removing yeah. content, I'd say like if you're remastering a game, like for example, if they release a remaster of Bloodborne, and they release some like you know unfinished DLC or something like that, or like you know even just like balance changes or some like cut content, for example, then it makes perfect sense, right, to release it as a remaster, and then you're getting extra, you're getting, and also you, the other thing with a remaster is that if you're introducing it to a new audience, right. So for example, Bloodborne is exclusive to PS4. PS4? PS4 launched. Yeah, I want to say yeah, launched, yeah, yeah. Because I bought a PS4 for Bloodborne. I remember that. Mm. Same, then, exactly yeah. the same. So, yeah. if, they, for example, if they were to release a Bloodborne remaster for PC, for example, please, please, from software, release a Bloodborne remaster for PC. <laughs> Never um, Never you know, coming. also please release Demon Souls on PC. But um, you know, like no. then that makes sense, right? Because you're introducing it to a new audience, and um, I'm sure that's a good way. To, I mean, it sh- it's shown that it's like a good way to. Yeah, it's profitable, right? I mean, like you saw what happened with like Persona 4 Golden. I think Atlas are picking up on this now because they released Persona 4 Golden yeah, on PC oh. with no marketing, nothing. They just like went to PC. What was it? The PC gaming show, like the yearly one. Which were like, oh yeah, Persona 4's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, yeah, Persona 4 Golden's on Steam now. Well, and then so Atlas, boom. Atlas is a good example here because Atlas have realised they've got this universe that everyone loves, mm. and then Persona 5 launched it to like the masses. Because um, Persona 4 has got this like niche universe that people. Oh, sorry, Charlie, have you played any of the Persona games? Are you with us on this? Mildly. Which one I have you played? I know of them. I played a bit of four. Ah, okay. That's a new. Usually, people say five. So, because you're really into PS2, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, I think because cool. four is the like blue-haired guy. Three is the blue-haired guy. Four is that's the silver-haired guy, and then five is the black-haired guy. It edgy. was the beginning yeah. where you you end up living with your uncle. That's four in Inaba. Yeah, that's four. And he okay. makes a really weird point of saying that he's seen you naked, which is very odd. <laughs> I, I used to change your diapers, and it's like, thanks, thanks. Why are we having this conversation in a yeah. garage? This is very. And that girl comes up, and you're like, can I touch your? Yeah, can... <laughs> I can never remember what's real and what's the him Daisy. Oh dub. my god! Yeah, like I was going to say, is, yeah, is it that just does the high of Daisy dub? So, yeah. But yeah. So for context, Charlie, there's this uh, cartoon that someone created that tells the story of Persona 4, but in like a really comical way. It's hilarious, but it's so close to actually what happens in yeah. the game that sometimes I can't remember what's real and what, what was actually just the parody. It's, yeah. um, it's really yeah, It's like an abridged series kind of thing, you know, like if, you, if yeah. people have seen like Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged mm-hmm. or like, um, there's another really popular, what's the other really popular abridged one? Dragon Ball right, by Team Four Star. Yeah. <laughs> wow, look, Charlie's super fan. Super fan, from the older times, there's also the X-Men dub. I don't know if you've seen that, the Juggernaut. No, I've not seen it. I'm the Juggernaut, oh, bitch. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they actually, they, they, it was so popular, they quoted it in the X-Men movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, hilarious. Hi. It's so stupid. I don't know if it's aged well. It probably hasn't. Um, yeah, and then there was um, there's this terrible, terrible, terrible series, which I love, but it is terrible. Uh, do you remember Gem, the cartoon series? Mm. I, do you remember Gem with the, the magic earrings and she turned into a pop star superhero yep. by playing guitar? And then there was the... Well, this all sounds like nonsense. Sounds like a fever dream. Um, <laughs> there's a parody version, and unfortunately, the name is kind of offensive, but it's called Jizz, um, and it's someone voicing over Gem with these ridiculous. Don't Google that word, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do not Google that word. 
Uh, but if you're in YouTube, go, uh, type the word into YouTube and you will get the right thing. Like, it will pop up. Um, Press maybe, X to doubt. Very <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm going down a hole here. I'm going to stop this yeah. now. But this all comes from that world of, like, dub it, overdubbing and, mm. and creating content that's hilarious back from when the internet was an unknown thing. Um, but, yeah, so we never really did get the answer to the best remakes. So just before we move um, on to the next subject, can you name one? Can I name one that I wish to have? Sure, that's allowed. There's Jack no rule and Daxter. Oh, you you are like, where have you been? Like, <laughs> I love, but but the first Jack and Daxter, not the sequels. No, the sequels are great because oh. he talks, Jack talks, and it just changes everything. No, he talked in my head the entire time. I didn't need to. Didn't need a voice. This, well, he was like Zelda in the first one. You mean Link? And he, <laughs> Link, oh my gosh, no, uh, no, no, all right. Ali, you need to edit that out. Oh, no. <laughs> did it for me. <laughs> I've never no, that. My I am 37, I've never heard someone do that for real. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Link, that, that's, I know that, it's Link, Zelda is the princess. Okay, gosh. we've all just gamed an achievement there, we've been in a conversation with someone that yep. called it Link, Zelda. So... I'm sorry, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm, I'm revoking your gamer license. Um, you... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, don't apologise. That's that's like gamer cheating. So happy. So, Link. Link is Link. I do, I am not a fan of the Zelda games, which is. Well, I'm a big fan, but it's okay. That that is a very very easy thing to get to get mm. wrong. I've nearly caught myself doing it as well. So. Which may also be why I preferred Jack in the second and third, because by giving him a voice, even though he went a bit like, I don't know, punk it was boy? Like gruff, yeah, gruff emo kind of thing. Yeah, even though he, he turned into that character, he had a character, whereas yep. I feel like in the first one, which is the trouble I have with Link, is that you are supposed to kind of like put your own personality into him as you're playing he is like the player character exactly. and i in my games i much prefer having a character i role play as what rather than me role playing within the world mm. like you prefer the last of us and mass effect over legend of zelda because mm -hmm. legend of zelda you are like a blank slate you're a blank canvas um and you kind of imprint yourself onto the character same as in the pokemon games yeah. you become mm -hmm. the trainer um, i agree actually like i think it's a it's a better experience to kind of learn the storyline of the person that you're playing rather than imprint your own storyline onto them. But yeah, it's, I, I guess there's all different types of games out there for all different types of people. Exactly. You, you can be Zelda, you can be Link, <laughs> whoever you want to be. I do, I, do have a, I do have a Jack and Daxter fact. Go on then. It came from the internet, so we all know that those facts are always Most true. Most trustworthy place. Oh, it's probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it, the franchise had groundbreaking technology because there were no loading screens. Mm. Yeah, because you would pass from one zone to another through those weird thin corridor sections, like the that's like God of War. The bits where you're on that floating bike, like you're on like a flying bike or something. Mm. Am I right? You had like a car it. in in Jack Two. Wasn't no in the first one? Wasn't there a section where you go over lava on like a flying thing? And you're collecting the whatever they were, the power orbs or something in the air. This could be completely made up. I, I don't know where I'm getting this from. 
See, because I was into the gruff voice, I only replayed two and three, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Well, I've played the first one quite a few times, but I only ever get so far and then I get really frustrated with it because it gets really hard. Mm. Uh, but I would love to see a remaster. That. So I, I will very much say that's a really good call out. We need a Jack and Daxter remaster. So Naughty Dog, if you're listening, which we know they are. Oh, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. We, they don't need this the anymore. Trouble, the trouble with this kind of game getting remastered is it'll fall into Andromeda territory where you're walking about and you just see, what is it, the pinpoints everywhere, like objective points. Yeah. And your screen is just filled with different objective points yep. and like a, Well, well this, these, these games came from the time when there weren't quest markers and there weren't golden lines and, and like little fairies and stuff mm. leading you around. It was just, here's the world, here's a little clue on what to go and do and there's no internet, go out there and try and work it out. And it's, that's a really good point. Like the same with Mario 64, a big part of that game was was exploring it and discovering it. Yeah. Because you had no idea what to do. Like one of the stars was called like Tick Tock Clock Stop. And it was like, all right, the whole map is a clock. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a really good point. I would like to see what they do with the remaster with that game. And I think a lot of people are waiting specifically for Jack and Daxter. And if I was to call out one that I wanted to see remastered, it would be Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. Because... That game needs to come back into modern times. I mean, if you look behind me up here, mm-hmm. there, not that anyone on the podcast can see us, but we're actually all on video chat together. Uh, that's the Banjo-Kazooie and Amiibo, which got released in October, and they've only just been delivered. It got delivered yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, there. I can see it. Um, so, the game big, release big was very similar. There was ukulele. Uh, ukulele. Yeah. It wasn't great. Mm. I never played They it. tried to re- remake um, Banjo-Kazooie in a new way, and it just it wasn't very good. Mm. It was... It was all right. It was okay. But um, are these types of games a product of their time? Possibly, because I'm also a product of that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think no. I, th- I think I think those games can still hold up. Well, I mean, if we're talking specifically about Banjo Kazooie, because like A Hat in Time came out, and like you know that's like kind of similar platformer-y kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And that was pretty popular and did pretty well. I think it 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 was, but I think they miss a bit of the charm of what these mm. games had. Because um, they all follow a very similar formula, like you've got the the ice world, the lava world, the forest world, and the the water world. You know, they all go through that process, and each one of those zones usually has like a Christmas theme in it, and then like a spring theme or whatever. Whereas now games tend to be a little bit more cautious of going in those directions. So you do get the lava world, but it's just lava, and then you get the winter world, but it's just snow. Yeah. And there's not really much charm to it. There's nothing that really connects you to it. Obviously, that's quite a broad statement. It it doesn't cover all games. Um, but I think that's what we're missing when we make the well, we make these new platformers, and it's where Nintendo get it right because every Mario game I've played, probably with the exception of um, 3D World, has been a masterpiece because they always seem to get that formula correct. Mm. And you always have what... to have the water level, exactly, no matter yeah. how many times people complain about. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which brings us to um, uh, Ocarina of Time and the Water Temple, which is probably something oh, that most yeah. gamers remember. Of being the worst moment in video game history, replaying that temple over and over again because it was just impossible yeah. to clear. Didn't they? It took hours. They change it in the Gosh. in the remaster. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah, they made it easier, yeah, because it was awful. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm conscious of time as well because we're probably going to run run way over this week. Um, so I would say you can cut out my Zelda section. Oh, that's okay. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it out. I'm not going to cut it I mean, we have, we have two other points. One point I would like to touch on really quickly, because I think we've talked quite a bit about uh, similarities today, is that they announced that they're closing the PS3 and the Vita store. Oh. Um, and that's happening in the next few weeks. So you won't be able to buy or obtain 
content on the PS3 and Vita digitally anymore once the store closes. And I don't know what you guys think about this, because this, this is sort of like something we expected to happen 10 to 15 years ago when digital stores started to become a thing in gaming. And we were like, well, what happens when the stores close? And the companies responded with, they'll never close. And we're like, well, well, but they will. We know they will. Um, I don't know what you guys think about this. Like, do you have any thoughts I on this? I think with the PS Vita, that's pretty bad, right? Because the PS Vita can't run discs. If I'm UMDs, it's it's UMDs. UMDs. Sorry, yeah, can't can't. Can it run UMDs? I forget because I know there's the version of the PSP slash PS Vita that doesn't take discs, right? I've got a Vita over there, but it is over there, and I can't be asked okay. to get it. But it, I think there is a disc slot in it. Yeah, yeah. The original slot. PSP had a disc slot, so at least you could still play UMDs through that. But then, like, if the PS Vita is online only, and now you can't buy anything online, then like, it, it sticks. You put these little sticks in the back of it that have the games on, like cartridges, okay. a little bit. Then yeah. that's okay. I mean, it sucks because probably a lot of the Vita's like catalog is online only, like you know, with indie games and stuff like that, especially. Um, I mean, that's going to kind of suck unless there's like some kind of alternative to get your games back or like, you know, download all of your games or like reaccess them through like some kind of USB stick. Like if the store is dead, like at least you can go find like an archive of all of these things. Um, but if that doesn't exist, then like that kind of sucks. But as you said, I think that's just kind of a product of like us moving to this online generation, right? Where it's like, you know. You don't technically own the things that you buy, you just have a license to use them and the license can be revoked at any time, which mm-hmm. sucks, but um, that's the price we pay for convenience, I guess. Or the, the future of subscriptions. Yes, exactly. It's where we are now, in fact. Everything is subscription-based, mm-hmm. and if you want to keep mm-hmm. your content, you have to keep paying every month. Even Photoshop is now subscription-based. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Something. But I just checked the Vita uses cartridges very similar to the Switch ones. I just posted a picture in our oh, okay, cool. on some part of Okay, then that's like, that's um, alright then. Still sucks obviously for people who maybe don't have them or you know may, I'm sure most people who used Vitas probably used like the online store, I imagine. I imagine that was one of like the most popular things about it. Um but, but yeah. The other issue here though is that people are now saying that the store is completely gone because the store disappeared today. Oh today. Wow. Um if if the store is completely gone how do people download the stuff? Because it's not there yeah. anymore. And this um, also means that, that so there are games on the Vita and games on the PS3 that have never been remade or remastered and never come out of the consoles. Those games are now gone forever. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just erased. So you can't play them. The only way of doing it is through emulation. And even that on Vita is a bit janky. Yeah. Um, and it does, it kind of hits a little bit hard that, to think that um, there's like a whole generation of games that are just gone. Mm. But then some of the games on the Vita obviously made it onto other platforms or whatever. Um, I just I think it's a bit sad. Um, Charlie, I don't know if you've got anything on this, like on this awful thing. <laughs> I had no idea it was still running. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go then. <laughs> um, so that, that I had a PSP other... right when they first existed because of Daxter, yeah. which I was really sad because there was no Jack in it. Wait, there was a game that was just Daxter? Mm-hmm. It was just Daxter. Yeah, I'm going to have a little Google. I think it was one of their opening games. No, I've just spelled Daxter wrong as well. Daxter. <laughs> oh, yeah, there really was. Oh, well, there we go. Learn something new today. Mm-hmm. But I, I would ask you from a more technical standpoint, 
for a company is it a lot to keep something like this going is it like an unneeded thing to keep going it can be it can especially with upcop uh upkeep costs of like servers and um you know storage and things like that like backup you have to have these backups you have to have contingency plans you have to have a physical space to have these servers that are running online like there is a cost associated with having these services and eventually it will be a drain rather than a you know you're making money from these things right which is likely why they're shutting these things mm. down because they're making a loss basically just to keep these servers online for the existing user bases like now this is where i think there's a solution because i think that um now that we have companies that have got these like perpetuating servers and their online services are massive and whatnot talking specifically about ea sony nintendo blizzard ubisoft they've all got these massive server structures why can't they just take a tiny chunk of those servers and just dedicate them to like old content and make it very clear if you want to download this old content it might take a little bit longer you might be put in a queue uh, you might have to wait a day or two but you can still download it what you're doing then is you're still giving people the opportunity to get this stuff you're not cutting people off and you're also telling people that have paid for it many many years ago we still respect you as a consumer we respect your purchase i don't see why that's not a thing that's been done I think it's because they just want to relaunch that content and resell it well, again. Is yeah, why. That's, that's what that's one aspect yeah. of it. But yeah, it's also mm. just like um, setting up a system for that. Like, te- like, a, like it's quite a lot of work as well. Like the actual initial cost to set up something like that versus like what you would retain. Right. Obviously, you're doing it for like customer goodwill and like for um, yeah, like you said, like legally. I guess if you like legal legally, if these people have bought these things, like not just licenses, but they have like a legal right to own them, then yeah, you have to honor that, right? So they would have to implement systems like this. But I think currently how things stand, they don't but you know, like that's it's it's it sucks, right? But you know, like eventually games like Fortnite will shut down because people will be playing Fortnite five or something, you know? Like five yeah, five night, yeah, there you go. <laughs> thrice night or whatever yeah like so you know we're gonna see we're gonna see this with like a lot more in the future right i mean for an actual platform itself like the whole ps vita that sucks because that's not just one game that's a whole plethora of games and this is why i think like archiving like you know like when there's like these i forgot what they're called there's like a service there's like a group of people who try to like archive video games much possible they're like very tied to like emulation and stuff like that but yeah, this is where these types of people are... Pirates. Pardon? Yeah, pirates. Pir- okay, pirates. sure. I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah, you can call them pirates. But I was like, more like they're actually out there to just preserve the games, not just like make it so they're playable, just be able to be like, hey, look, here yep. is an archive. I know, I, know, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember who they Yeah, called. yeah, I forgot what they're called. Oh. Um, it's like the Internet Preservation Society or something stupid like that. It's a group of people that have labelled themselves. Something along those lines. And they take it, yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Um, but so, again, because we're conscious of time and we're, we're sort of running through here, um, I guess we could just move on to some trivia. Yeah. And I sort of set up some trivia this week because I was of the understanding that Charlie's specialty subject is the PS2. Oh, gosh. So... <laughs> So I came up with two things, and they're, they're quite open-ended. So uh, the first one is uh, PlayStation 2 launch titles. And I've got a list of every title that is a launch title for the PS2. And some of them, I couldn't tell you what they were myself. So, um, But what I want you to do is name. I've got 29 of them. And I want you to name as many of them as you can between the two of you. <laughs> so I'm going to open the floor and say, go nuts. Give me some launch titles for the PS2. Uh... <laughs> Good. Okay. Cran? No. Was was GTA a launch title on PS2? As in like no. G- Okay. Never mind then. Um. So I. Gran Turismo. 
Gran Turismo. Nope. Wow. Um, that was a good guess. Um, what are some popular... Tekken 4. Tekken is one of them, but it wasn't Tekken 4. Tekken 5. Tekken Tag. It was Tekken Tag. Tekken Tag! Tekken 5, please. Tekken 5 was like PS3. Oh, shit. It was Tekken Tag. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, Ollie, was... you call yourself a Tekken Look, fan. Man, I played, don't I play Tekken 7. Go go away. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So Tekken Tag. Uh, but that's one out of 29 we've got. 29. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Uh, technically, yes, it was Dynasty Warriors 2, but yes, I'll allow that. A Jack and Daxter game. Jack and Daxter. Nope. I'm just checking for Daxter as well because it's in alphabetical. What are like there. popular PS2 like Sony titles or like franchises? God of War. Nope. Spyro. Oh, I think, uh, Spyro. No, I don't. Was Spyro on PS2? I know it was definitely on PS1. No. I don't know if there was a PS2 it was Spyro all game. Three were on no. PS2. I can't... <laughs> Well, then, then again, I did learn. Well, no, I, did, I don't say I didn't learn, but they they refused to admit that, that Crash Bandicoot Four was on PS2, and it was. Oh. There was two. There was three Crash Bandicoot games on PS2, but um, Activision refused to admit they exist. Weird. A whole different thing. Yep. Crash um, Bandicoot a launch. Nope. Wait. Okay. Final can I Fantasy. Uh, no, Final Fantasy Ten, Ten uh, and Ten Two and Eleven. And twelve were all very late in the PS2's okay. um, life cycle. Resident Evil. Don't nope. think so. <laughs> what about Crash Team Racing? I don't know when like that came out. Okay, nope. that was PS1. Sonic Heroes. <laughs> no. Nope. Sing Star. Nope. <laughs> Whatever the eye toy thing was. <laughs> the eye toy thing. Uh, no, it's not on that. Wow. I remember washing windows mm-hmm. and being so excited. Like, it was great. Well, I, I only ever played the Harry Potter game on the iToy, and it was called Gobstones, and you just smack these things away that get splattered at you, and that was that was all I did. Yes. Yep. Oh, any of the Harry Potter as a launch title. <laughs> Out there. No. <laughs> so, okay, let me give you some clues, because I can see us going around yeah. and around. And so, so one of them is a fighting game. Uh, it still exists today, and it's still it's all having... Calendar. Nope. Uh, is there any more fighting games? King of Fighters? There? Nope, and it involved mainly women, and there was a... Dead or very... Alive. There you go, Dead that or Alive 2. PlayStation? Or... PlayStation 2. Shit. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, so, there's quite a few driving games. Not necessarily driving cars, but there are quite a few driving games. Some sports Need games. Need for Speed. Not Need for Speed. Wipeout? <laughs> not Wipeout. <laughs> SSX Tricky. SSX. Not Tricky, just SSX. <laughs> Although it was SSX Tricky and 3, apparently. Mm. Uh, more fighting games, by the way. A very famous fighting game, if if not the most fi- famous oh, fighting Street game. Fighter. Street Fighter EX3. Wow, wow. that's PS2. Yep. Yep. I mean, these are all PS2 launch titles. Wow, I've really, I've really <laughs> overestimated the PS2. Um... Okay, so driving games, sports games, driving games, sports games, and a couple FIFA. of like random RPGs that I wouldn't expect you to get. No FIFA. Madden. Which... Madden is there, yep. Madden NFL 2001. So there you go, there's your year as well, 2001. 2001. I was Another sports was... game on there, just, just a different type of sports. I was seven years old, man. Basketball? Oh, gosh, Ollie. <laughs> not basketball. I'm not entirely sure what NHL is. Is that hockey? hockey? Yeah, NHL is hockey. Okay, okay. NHL, yep. 
Um, okay, I'll give you a big clue. Shooting game that really needs to get Man. a... Time splitters. There you go, oh. time splitters. Yeah, there it is. Damn it. Okay, um, we'll give you a couple more chances and then we'll move on to the next question because there's, there's... How many questions did I do? Three questions, but we'll see how quickly we can go through the next one because it should be All easier. Right. A um, lot of racing games. Loads of them. Gran Turismo was the only one I can think of. I mean, oh, uh, Burnout? Nope. Damn. That wasn't a PS... Oh, oh launch. Um, what other racing games? Okay, um, Driver? No, but oh, it's it's the right racing game that you um, usually connect with PlayStation 1. And I think it was one of the PS1 launch titles as well. And if you were a car riding along the side of a cliff you would be a oh, ridge racer it's ridge racer <laughs> yeah oh, of course classic e3 <sighs> um okay you i mean there's tons left there's so many left but we're probably not going to get through them all uh, a game about fireworks oh, oh, oh. what fireworks and classical music it was pretty much a tech demo no idea Okay, Fantavision. Come on now. Never heard of that game. It was not brilliant, but Come I seem remember... <laughs> to remember it being a lot better than I thought it was. But it's not really aged very well. Um, all right, let's try two <laughs> more titles, and I'll give you clues for them. One of them is probably the most influential uh, first-person shooter of all time. COD. Not COD. What Medal of Honor? The no. This this is a shooter that every other game. In fact, every other game technically is made with this game. What Quake? Or Doom? No. No. Unreal? There you go, Unreal Tournament. I'm referring to the engine here. Okay. Yeah, okay, yep, I'll give there you that. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll do one more, and then we'll move on to the other questions, which should be quick quicker. Uh, let me give you a clue. Done Dynasty Warriors. Uh, shooting game. Like using a sniper rifle. Sniper Elite? Uh, silent Scope? Nope. Yes, Silent nice. Scope. There we go. There was loads more. So you had Armored Core 2, oh. ESPN, International Track of Field, and X Games, <laughs> Snowboarding, Eternal Ring, Evergrace, Gun Griffin Blaze, Kesson, Midnight Club, MotoGP, oh, Club. Yeah. Orphan, which was an Activision game, <clears throat> uh, Cubor Billiards Master, Ready to Rumble, Boxing Round 2, Smuggler's Run, Summoner, Swing Away Paradise Golf in Japan, World World Racing, and X Squad. Those were the games. I have not heard of many wow. of those games. So, I have two other questions, but we'll pick one of them because we are way over. Um, the other, the other questions are: we can either do franchises that started on the PS2, so big franchises that kicked off on the PS2, of which there are ten, uh, or PS2 accessories, of which there are fourteen. Which would you prefer? I'll let Charlie decide. Accessories. All right. Okay. <laughs> accessories. Okay. Multi so we've got fourteen accessories. Let's multi tap. Eye toy. Okay, yeah, we've got both of those. What is the multi-tap? The one where you can play with like more than two players. You can play like six player games. Like you play WWE with like six people. It's great. Oh. Yeah, so you can plug additional control. This is back when cables the only way of playing games. Yeah. Is uh, so... is stuff like like guitar from Guitar Hero account? Okay, there's fifteen on this list. Guitar from Guitar Hero. Completely <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Was Guitar Hero even on PS2? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was. Um, I think that was where it was. I swear that was on PS3. Uh, what, you know what? Uh, um, okay, what else? What other games? Uh, sorry, accessories. No, these are accessories. Yeah. Sing Star. So, 
microphones. The microphones for things there, yeah. Okay, we'll go for those. God. Two of the accessories, by the way, are just controllers. Oh. But I need to know what they're well, like called. Like a DualShock 2. DualShock 2? DualShock 1. Nope. Something elite. Nope. <laughs> Something from Mad Cats. <laughs> no, I was to give you a clue on this one. It was, it was for another console. What? It was a, it was a controller that specifically had the setup for another console that allowed you you to play those games that were moved over to the PS2 on the PS2. What like a PS1 so disc think same drive generation? Oh, no! It was, just, it was a controller that was set up like another console's controller, and it was an official uh, accessory. What like a by Sega? Oh, like a Dreamcast controller? Sega Saturn. Wow! So it was the Sega Saturn PS2 controller. That's cool. So no, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left to oh go. Oh my god, there's that's a lot. Can you give a clue oh! on like body parts? Uh, like a gun, the gun controller, like a gun con. Nope. God damn it. Give you a clue on the parts. Uh, one goes into the front of the PlayStation Two. Uh, one goes into the back. Does a memory card count? Yes, memory card okay. counts. So wow. Ethernet adapter. Yep. Oh, well, network, network adapter. adapter but yeah. Yes. Um. Yep. That was the one that goes into the back. Memory card was at the front. Did it have a similar like printer thing like the Game Boy did? No, but there, apparently there was plans to release a printer for the PlayStation 2, but it never made it. That would wow. be awful. I'm trying to... Awful. So think about what the PlayStation 2 did that was unique at the time. Oh, like a DVD no player? Have there you go, DVD remote. But yeah, we'll give you that one. And now think about some of the accessories that came with games. So there were games that could only be played with these accessories. Yeah, I can name a bunch of Nintendo ones, but like, I'm surprised the GunCon controller wasn't there for PS2. Nope, I, I just checked on Wiki as well. There was no GunCon for PS2. Wow. Um, but you could plug the GunCon from PS1 into PS2. Okay, fair. Uh, think about expansion. Um, oh, what like a, like? Well, no, I said a memory pack, right? Yep. Like like a fan. Fan. <laughs> Big yeah. fan. <laughs> no, the, no, there was no fan. There may have been, but it wasn't official. Well, like an like an expansion pack, like like a memory, something like a hard drive or something. Yeah, hard drive. There you go. There was a hard drive expansion. Okay. Um. Did anything light up? Um. Yeah, I would say one of them did. Yeah, well, four of them of the one did. So it's a one thing that's actually separated into four oh accessories, and you needed all four to play this game. Is it like a oh wow. like a driving like a like a driving wheel? Uh nope, but there was a driving wheel, but that was an unofficial accessory. It's okay. a logistic driving wheel. Like some kind of think, flight controller. Think, think, in fact, no, think what we're doing right now. Oh like a headset. There was a headset, but that's not what the clue I was giving. <laughs> like a camera? Think, think what we're doing. No, that's the eye toy. We've already done yeah. that one. Think what we're doing right now. What is this that we're doing right like now? Podcasting or sing at Can home. No. No, more more accurate. What are we doing in the podcast? Video chatting. Talking. So a microphone. What, what are we talking? What are, what are we doing? Conversing. Trivia. Trivia. Oh, the buzz! Oh. The buzz controller, there dude. Buzzers. Oh yes. my god. Yeah. <sighs> and now that you've got that right, you would perform something to show that you're celebrating. To say that you got that right, how would you perform something? What would you? Oh, perform like a like a da, like, like a dance right? mat. DDR. There you go. DDR mat. There you go. Okay. <laughs> God, these clues are so complicated. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then if, you, yeah. if you wanted to tell me about your celebration, 
you would type it on something. Oh, what would you type it on? Keyboard. And you would use a mouse. There you go, keyboard. Wow. Mouse. I feel like, oh my God. I feel like I'm making this a bit easy. And then the last one. So I didn't know this existed, but now that I remember it, I can remember seeing it in all the marketing. It was blue. It was blue and plastic. That's all it was. What was it? A case. Not quite. It a wasn't charger. a case. So think about what the PS2 did that no other console did before it. And now pretty much every console does it. Was it like a screen? No tech in it at all. It's just a bit of plastic. And I think the PS5 is currently charging like 100 quid for theirs, which is What, like meaningless. a controller holder or something like that? Like a... Uh, you're, you're in the sort of same arena. Some kind of stand? Like a, it's a stand. stand. A vertical stand. A vertical stand, yeah. Wow. And it was 49.99 when it came out separately. Bloody hell. And it was just a bit of plastic, but yeah, so... Jesus. You got all those right, but I think I gave you... You, you did help us <laughs> a considerable amount. That was very interesting. I didn't realize so many things came no. out. But that was just the official stuff. There was actually 120... 100, just counting what? the things on Exa. 121 different accessories, including unofficial All right, ones. let's go. And 100, a ton of Japanese ones. Uh, 100, 120 100. accessories. Let's go. Right. Let's, uh... Okay, I do. I do have to speak about this one accessory okay. that I saw in Argos when I was a child. And Ollie, I've spoken to you about this, and I remember seeing it, and it was like twenty pounds, and I wanted it so much, but no one has heard of it since, and I cannot find it on the internet. Which was these kind of like pads that you kind of put on your wrists and your ankles and it had so many cables to it and the idea was you played a fighting game and when you punched and stuff it would register the punch and i remember seeing this picture of this kid with all these wires like with this hookup and it was like yeah play the game it's as if you're in it I mean, and literally like what every marketing department in the 90s wanted to sell but didn't exist um, I do remember seeing something though that was like. I mean, I'm just having a look on Google now to see if anything exists, but I can't get there. Don't think I... I'm sure it exists. Though. Yeah. Is it? It's the Mandala effect, right? Like exactly. Yeah. Just remembering it differently. <laughs> well, if anyone, if anyone, any listeners out there know of anything that you, wearables, the old school wearables accessories that we can use to play Tekken uh, in real life, uh, please let us know. So that me and Charlie can. I want to verse Ollie for real. Yes, exactly. We won't have no, no, no real, no, no real fighting. We have to fight virtually using our bodies over over the internet. That's the that's how it works. You know. <laughs> COVID times, you know, this is it. Social distancing. But yeah, please. Um, Thanks again, Death. Uh, so just being conscious of time before we we should uh, be wrapping up. But yeah, um, I guess uh, I my mind is going blank. Um, Clark, save me, <laughs> save me, please. All right, Lara. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, it's been super cool to learn about like um, someone that works in animation in gaming. Um, sorry, we didn't get to talk too much about like specifics, but maybe if you join us again another another week, you can talk more. Mm. Um, it's been super cool to talk about PS2 as well because I thought I was the oldest person on the planet and I was the only person old enough to remember that console. <laughs> so that's good. And you follow us, the Sunfire Tavern, on um, Instagram, Twitter. 
uh, at at Sunfire Tavern. I think. Are we still at Sunfire yep. Tavern on Instagram? Okay, cool. Get in there. Come on. Oh, come on. Okay, <laughs> and then you can listen to us on Sound on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify at Sunfire Tavern. And 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 Google Podcasts and Google Podcast now. now. I've now added one Google Podcast. We're in yeah, there. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. Legit. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone's listening to us on Google Podcasts as of last week, hi, welcome to Sunfire Tavern. Yeah, shout outs to the Google <laughs> listeners. Um, it's taken me a year to work. <laughs> and um, you can email us at sunfiretavern at gmail.com uh, please send in your questions comments anything you want to talk about but yeah um, thanks for listening take care bye